Hey, Curiosos, it's Joel Murphy from the Hobo Radio Podcast, and I just wanted to take a moment to congratulate you on your 101st episode. Look, I, I know everyone was coming out to congratulate you on 100 shows, and that is certainly a milestone, but this is the true milestone. I mean, after all, 101, it's a palindromic prime number, it's the HTTP status code indicating that the server is switching protocols as requested by a client to do so. It's the name of a popular and important highway that stretches across the West Coast. And most importantly, it's the number of Dalmatians that Cruella DeVille tried to kidnap. So, happy 101, guys. Here's to 101 more. A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Joe is starting off the episode tonight by twirling his mustache. Have you yeah. been growing it? No, I just trimmed everything else. I think I'm going to go for the uh, the Sam Elliott look. Yeah, you're you know? just gonna have the big mustache. Yeah, but... big old like broom mustache. <laughs> oh yeah. man, I uh, well, it works well for tonight's episode. It sure yeah, does. Yeah, you have kind of like a bartender's mustache going on. Mm-hmm. You know, so all right, Joe, I want to start this off with an email. Um, okay. Uh, this email uh, you heard from this person uh, last week, mm-hmm. uh, but this was the first email that she sent to us. Um, Hello, my name is Amanda, and I live in Salem, Massachusetts, uh, which uh, I've been to before. Mm-hmm. I love Salem. But I'm originally from Annap- the Annapolis area, and I get excited when you discuss places I know like Dawson's Liquors. <laughs> we love Dawson's. In fact, uh, That's true. I called Dawson's earlier tonight, but they were all out of the Peshoads bitters. Yeah, they were completely sold out. So that sucks, but that's okay. They usually have pretty much everything that we need. Yeah. I've been bringing your boozy episodes, which would go better with bourbon than the gym where I listen, and I was I was wondering something. Have you ever considered doing a show on bitters? This is a huge culture. There's a huge culture around them, especially in Louisville, Kentucky, and if nothing else, imagine the beverage possibilities. Just a food for thought. Keep kicking ass. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. <laughs> and uh, tonight's episode is all about bitters. That's right. So, uh... Uh, Joe, I mean, we've got quite a few bitters on the table today. In fact, I'm going to have to take a picture of this uh, because we just have liquor, liquor, liquor all over the entire table. So we literally did just stop the episode to take a picture because we have so much, uh, so much stuff. Yeah, uh, we could probably stock a small bar with, with all the crap we have. Yeah, seriously. I mean, this is like my bar and your bar mixed together. Mm. And we just brought it all in grocery bags yeah. tonight. <laughs> so there's all kinds of... Uh, grenadine, and mm-hmm. uh, there's some gin, and some... Applejack, some, some vermouth, some Two different absinthe. kinds of Applejack. Yeah, uh, some really nice small batch vodka. There, we've got uh, scotch and rum. We've got some absinthe <laughs> left over from the absinthe episode. Yeah, because yeah. homemade, stuff, homemade Applejack homemade. and regular <laughs> Applejack. Right, a couple different kinds of bourbon and stuff like that. So we're going to be mixing a few cocktails, so by the end of tonight... I plan on probably slurring. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, what are you drinking right now? Uh, right now, actually, you mixed this for me, so why don't you tell me what it is? You said it was uh, a Nantucket? No? What was oh, it? Oh, no, it's a, you're drinking a Netherland. The Netherland. Now... It's bitters, brandy, and triple sec. Right. And what kind of bitters did you throw in this? Do you know? Uh, I used the orange. The orange bitters? Mm-hmm. The Angostoria orange bitters? Mm-hmm. Well, that's very cool. Um... Yeah, so uh, bitters, where do they come from? What are they? That's two questions. You want, which one do you want first? Um, <laughs> Let's go with where do they come from? Sure, okay. The term bitters was first used in 1803 and 1806 in reference to a drink and the first use and definition of the word cocktail, where it states, any drink consisting of spirits, water, sugar, and bitters is considered a cocktail. So that was the first use of the word bitters. Until the 19th century, bitters were mostly used for medicinal purposes. 
such as tonics, tinctures, cure-alls, elixirs, you know, the snake oil salesman guys that walk around. I got what ails you, pour it on your head, da-da-da, you know, whatever it was. Uh, and it tended to all have amounts of alcohol in them. Right. So people use them kind of uh, Sunday uh, church, little sippy sip. I'm just taking my tonic. Right, yeah, that uh, that whole kind of like snake oil sort mm. of thing. Uh, also, uh, a lot of people call them like medicine shows, stuff like that. You would right. have a lot of the time they would be selling something like you know, like like uh, they would be bitters, but they would be some sort of herbal, right? An herbal thing. tincture or bitter, something tincture, like that. Tincture, bitters, elixir, they all kind of are in the same family with just a little bit, a hint of radiator fluid in it. Sure. <laughs> They can be botanical, aromatic with herbs, contain fruits, barks, roots, which may or may not have medicinal properties. Right. Depending on what you believe and also science. The method of actually steeping herbs and herbs and roots and spices and stuff in alcohol, that dates back to the Egyptians. Right. Because they would do the same thing with their, their giant vats of wine they would throw herbs and spices and stuff that they either thought were sacred holy things for your health so that that's in essence what this is because you're pulling all of those natural oils and flavors and smells out of whatever you've thrown into your alcohol whatever kind of alcohol it is you're going to impart the flavors and oils and things into it right now i have a I had found a uh, an author by the name of David Wondrich. He's a publisher of various books on cocktails uh, and their history. Now, he supports a, a different theory that uh, he developed that he thought it all started in Mesopotamia, which is now known as basically Iraq. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it probably goes back further. Right. If we so, have mead that goes back to probably the dawn of man, they were yeah. probably throwing in different flavors of stuff into their alcohols. Well, this is, this is what author David Woodrich thinks that it came from. So apparently in the 9th or 10th century, there was an alembic for the distillation of alcohol that was invented by Abu Bakar Muhammad Ilm Zaria al-Razi, mm -hmm. uh, who distilled pure alcohol from wine for the first time in history. Yes. So taking wine, making pure alcohol, and he thinks that that is where eventually they started putting herbs in it, in order mm. to create flavors. Mm -hmm. So bitters has a very long and turbulent history. Oh, yeah. You know? Definitely. We're not really 100% sure where it came from. Right. So. I mean, and bitters, it's not just... Uh, we had this conversation before we started recording. You can have a bitter alcohol, right. such as absinthe, mm -hmm. but you can also have bitters that have alcohol. Right. Now, I've, I've, heard, it, I've heard it called a few different things. So a like a herb flavored bitter alcohol, say we're talking absinthe and mm -hmm. or uh, Jägermeister, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm -hmm. One of those would be called like a portable or portable, excuse me, potable bitters. Right. So an actual drinkable bitters. So you could say take a shot of Jägermeister, right? Mm -hmm. It's a thing I that you could do. No, why you would do that? But well, yes. you could also take a shot of absinthe, <laughs> which we did in our absinthe episode with, uh, with Mike of, Cornett. Yes, we, many. Yeah, we took a we took just a straight up shot of absinthe to see what it tasted like. Mm -hmm. No louching, anything like that. And right. all three of us, I think, coughed and 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 yeah, you know, barely the, made it home. Yeah. So, but uh, but. Regardless, that is the that is the potable kind. That is the kind that you can actually drink. Now, the non-potable mm -hmm. would be your bitters that we're d kind of discussing tonight. That is the your Angostura bitters, your Prashad's bitters, um, your orange bitters, uh, celery bitters. Right. These are the kinds that are so strong and so powerful uh, that they really should not be drank, you know, on their own. They're not made to be like that. Right. So it's it's the difference between a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. and two shots of espresso. Right, exactly. Where it's concentrated flavor, mm -hmm. typically less caffeine and two shots of espresso, but I'm not going into that. Oh, jeez. But it is concentrated flavor, you know, the essence of the beans and stuff like that in those tiny little two ounces of, of fluid. Right. Whereas so, you have a whole eight ounces of coffee, 
Yeah, it's like concentrated dish detergent as opposed to, right. you know what I mean? As okay, opposed so to that's, like the, that's the difference between bitters, right? Yeah, yeah. so so non-potable bitters would be the, the extremely strong bitters that you're really only supposed to put a few dashes in. That's the whole point of it. It changes the entire flavor of a cocktail. Right. So it opens right. it up, it changes it, it adds... Um, a hint of something. Right. Or, yeah, just some extra complexity to whatever you're having. Yeah, so it, it, it changes it. So it, it, it makes it more palatable. Mm-hmm. So if you have a super sweet drink, uh, it adds, you know, it adds a little bit of bitterness to it. If you have a, you know, a very strong alcohol drink, uh, it adds uh, a little bit of flavor or possibly even some sweetness. Right. And even though it's called bitters, it that doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean it's, you know, bitter is a component flavor of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have some bitters that have a sweet flavor, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you know, so it's adding sweetness to it as well. I mean, right. not as much right. as adding like simple syrup. You know, or just straight up sugar like you would in, say, you know, uh, you know, like an old fashioned mm-hmm. simple syrup or just sugar that you muddle in the bottom of the glass. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to add a little bit of sweetness, but not a whole bunch. Gotcha. In fact, um, I'm going to give a little a little tip out there for you. Uh, a whole bunch of friends of mine are really, really into uh, what's the what's the one whiskey that they all drink? Jameson. Mm. A whole bunch of my friends, all Pasadena, Bonnet Bentley, all those guys, uh, and we, like Ray just called in last week. Mm-hmm. You know, they all love Jameson. Okay, okay. I can handle whiskey. <laughs> I, I'm okay with drinking whiskey, but right. sometimes it gets a little bit too much. Yeah, you know, and I can't just take shot after shot. You know what I mean? And taking a, a just a a plain shot of like room temperature whiskey is usually a little bit too much for me. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and not fun. And Jameson is meant to be drank pretty much straight, you know, mm. or maybe on the rocks. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I've, I've had it like on an ice cube or two. Yeah. It's not bad. If you let it just sort of melt and get, right. you know, a little bit of water in there, mm-hmm. I can handle that. But straight, it's just too fumey, too well, alcohol. That, that's what I'm saying. It is for me too. Uh, and uh, here's tip time. Uh, ask if they have bitters. And just get a dash or two of bitters straight on into the, the shot, and it makes it way more palatable. Yeah, an old-fashioned. That's what that is. It's yeah. whiskey or, or, or scotch with a couple of dashes of bitters. Right. You know, neat well, simple or syrup, on, too. You know. No, no, no. A straight old-fashioned really? is just whiskey and some bitters either on the rocks or straight. Right now, I'm drinking a McDuff. A McDuff? Is that, isn't that a beer from uh, from The Simpsons? No, that's just Duff. Oh. <laughs> Duff. Uh, it's bitters, scotch, and I'm using uh, what Tony sent us, the Tomatin, mm-hmm. the 15-year-old Highland single malt scotch whiskey. Wow. So you're drinking that in a cocktail? I, that's the only scotch uh, I have. <laughs> I don't keep a lot of scotch around. And I only use an ounce. So. Right. So it's bitters, scotch, and a little bit of triple sec. And I, I put a little... Uh, couple ice cubes in there. Right. So, uh, Joe, I, I wanted to mention, too, that bitters are also differentiated between bitters and tinctures. Yes. They are very, very similar things, uh, but the difference between a bitters and a tincture, a tincture, you take basically grain alcohol, right? Any kind of very high-proof alcohol. No, okay? But no flavor. With no flavor in it. Right. You know, a neutral grain neutral alcohol of some type. Mm-hmm. Uh and you put something inside of that mm-hmm. uh, and just let it sit. And at that point, uh, you know, it, it draws out all the flavors to it and you have, and then you pull it out and then the flavors that are left in the alcohol is a tincture. Right. So. It's very much like those kitschy olive oils that people throw a bunch of garlic and herbs and stuff into it and they make, you know, thyme olive oil and garlic olive oil. Yeah, it's infused. That's, yes. Right. Exactly. That's, and it's the same way with a tincture, but a tincture only has one ingredient, so mm-hmm. one flavor. Right. Okay. Uh, and uh, as where a bitters mm-hmm. is basically, you're taking many different tinctures, uh, then you mix them together in a you know whatever way, whatever flavor you want to have, uh, and you mix them together. You put them in a little bottle, and there is your bitters. Hmm. Uh, you can also do it the way I did it. Uh, oh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Right here, I actually have a, a tincture. Now, I had some time that I had that I had bought, and the time was starting to uh, just dry out and get kind of gross. And I didn't want to use it because I used it for like a potato dish that I was that I was uh, having, and they were starting to get dried out. So I didn't know what to do with it. I had some grain alcohol, 
and I made a tincture with it because mm. I didn't want to throw away the time because it smelled so good. Right. So uh, I made a tincture with it, and here I'm gonna just pour a little bit in this just paper cup here, okay. and we can both try a little bit of it. And it's um, just it's Ooh. just a thyme tincture. It smells uh, woody. Well, uh, I actually added a little bit of wood to it, but thyme is very woody in itself. Oh, it's green. It is green. That is weird. It sucked all the chlorophyll out of that. Out yeah, of that yeah. Time. No, it's like a like a, a traditional absinthe where it has that sort of greenish right. hue. Well, that's because absinthe is, as we know from our absinthe episode, mm. is made with tons of different herbs. So that's what usually gives it that green flavor, or traditionally. <laughs> <laughs> It's very time-like, isn't it? Lots of time on there. Oh my God, did you use rubbing alcohol? No, I didn't. What I used was a grain alcohol. Now in oh. Maryland, you can't actually buy grain alcohol. You can't buy anything, I believe over, what is it? 180 proof or something like oh, that? Oh, granddad. Right, so um, I actually bought it in Delaware where you can get- Oh, that's why. Yeah, basically 100% alcohol. It's really more like 99.9% .9 alcohol. Oh God. But uh, but yeah, so that is just that's you got time on your tongue, oh, right. I mean, that's what it tastes like, right? Like with potatoes or whatever, you would use time. <laughs> Joe's face is oh. absolutely wonderful. Now, just to let you know, this tincture, um, I don't just use it for you know mixing drinks. In fact, he I also never cleans use it his car engine with it. <laughs> What I actually wind up using it for is when I make uh, when I make a uh, hot sauce. Oh yeah. What yeah, I yeah. Do usually do is I add the the the, the thyme tincture to that mm. to add the thyme flavor to my hot sauce. Okay. So you can either cook it out the flavor. You can either cook it out or you can just add it at the end, and it, you're gonna have just a little bit of alcohol in there. It's gonna help preserve it. It's gonna mm. help kill anything that's in there. You know, along with like vinegar stuff like that. Taste buds. Your taste buds, but it's going to leave that flavor of thyme very, very strong, right? right thyme was very right. strong in that. I mean, the alcohol is strong too, yeah, but the thyme is very strong as well. I think it's just the, uh, it's more of the feeling of the grain alcohol on your right. tongue. You know, it's like, I've had moonshine, like real moonshine. Right. And it's very similar. Very You're similar like, to that. Oh, I don't, yeah. my face is numb and weird and yeah. Right. So if I wanted to make like a, a savory type of bitters, mm. I could add this along with maybe some, you know, some sage uh, tincture, right? you know, and, or and, something like that. And most of what I've found is that the name of the bitter is your predominant flavor. Right. So like your orange bitter, a chocolate bitter, a blood orange bitter, or a, a thyme bitter, like mm -hmm. it's whatever the prominent flavor is, you can put other stuff in there. Right. But your prominent flavor, your prominent essence is what you're going to name it. Yeah, and I'm seriously thinking about doing that because at this point in time now, it's getting into winter, and I have a sage plant out there that's a, about to die. It's, it's really just about to start getting frozen. So I really think I'm going to start picking off the leaves and throw them in there and mm -hmm. make like a, you know, like a good savory bitters. Sure. And that way we can use that for, you know, if we want to do throw a few dashes of that into, say, you know, like a Bloody Mary or something like that. Oh, that'd like be that. good, yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. A nice savory tincture. I think another good savory, uh, or, or it, actually by that time it'll be a bitters if I throw it in there because yeah. you're mixing flavors, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think another good bitters for the Bloody Mary would be something like the celery bitters. <laughs> All right, so Joe just quickly mixed up something with our celery bitters, mm -hmm. and then I also have a, an alcohol here called... Off the Hoof. It is a 60 proof Scrapple flavored vodka. Blah. Right. So if you don't know what Scrapple is, uh, think of it as, well, I mean, what would you, how, how would you it's explain an, what Scrapple is if you're not from like the East Coast in Delaware or. Okay. It is a finely, so you know what sausage is, right? Right. Yeah. So the stuff that's inside of a sausage, it, you, so you take the casing off of a sausage. Uh-huh. The, the stuff that's in the inside. You put that through a mill again, and you grind it again, so it's right. super fine. Mm -hmm. And then don't put a, a casing on it. Yeah, that's scrapple. It's basically like sausage loaf. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I, it's it's and kind it's, of like a regional delicacy. If you've ever heard of like pork roll, 
like Taylor's pork roll. Right. That it's is a like a it's that's t- a type of like sausage, right. you know, and that's like a very huge New Jersey treat, right? Right. Exactly. As where Scrapple is like Maryland, Delaware, mm. uh, around this area, and maybe even in parts of New Jersey, stuff like that. Probably, yeah. And like the big one is Rapa Scrapple. Yeah. Is like the big plant, like uh, it's like somewhere out in Delaware. I've passed by it before. Mm-hmm. So it's uh yeah now they don't actually put scrapple in this it's it's flavored with the spices of scrapple which I, I'm trying I think there's like sage and anise and a few other different it's, things yeah, in there it's, it's typically your predominant sausage spices sausage spices yeah, yeah. so you kind of mix this with the celery and the off the hoof vodka yes the remnants of your sage Woo! Woo! that is strong it is very strong. And it's not even, it's only 80 proof, vo- or what is it? Yeah, 60 proof, right? Yeah, it's only 60 proof vodka, so it's not real strong. But I can't taste anything other than your sage tincture. Yeah, right. And there's no, no other flavor there except for that. Yeah, the thyme? You're That's just it, getting thyme. like, yeah, yeah, you're still getting thyme. It's still in your tongue. That's what Probably. it is. <laughs> so now it would be way better if we actually had some like Clamato or some tom- tomato juice to throw into it. We could actually make a Bloody Mary with it. But we wanted to try them together since we were talking about the, you know, your your celery kind of more of a savory type of bitters. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, you can use herbs. They use buds of flowers, fruits. All, any kind of spice you, you can think of. I would imagine you could probably use like some chicory root too. Anything. Right? Yeah. Anything. Especially if you were going to do like a, like I've never had chocolate bitters and we actually don't have any tonight, right? No, no. Yeah, that's one of the ones any. that we kind of, we just couldn't procure any, you know, before the episode. But but to think about it, cocoa lends itself to those very, very strong flavors, you know, really well, like espressos and stout beers. And exactly. Like yeah. those flavors are really prominent. So finding a chocolate bitters, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Easily. Yeah. With chicory, chicory is very similar to the flavor of coffee, especially mm-hmm. when it's roasted. So like I was saying earlier, it was pharmacist, chemist, snake oil salesmen who were really pushing this at the turn of the 19th century. And it sort of went along with the the idea of appetitifs and digestifs for for drinks, uh, which was a very big thing in in Europe, uh, where bitter drinks were seen to be better for you after a meal to help you digest mm-hmm. your meal. Right. And appetitifs uh, were taken before a meal. They t- typically were sweeter. One of the things that that coincided with was a theory called stomatic effect. The stomatic effect. Is that where you get uh, nails through your hands? No, that's stigmata effect. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Was I close? No, no. It was said to tone the stomach, improve function, and increase appetite. So that was when you were using appetitifs and digestives and, and things like these tonics and elixirs that grew into being known as bitters, that was part of the, the stomatic effect. And this is how one of, I guess, one of the most predominant bitters that you'll see nowadays came into being one of the most popular ones that you see. And I'm talking about the Angostoria mm-hmm. bitters. You, can, you pretty much see it in grocery stores. Yeah, you can find a lot of bitters in grocery stores. Now, uh, we say that because in Maryland here, and most of the counties in Maryland, you cannot buy liquor in grocery stores. There are a few, uh, but uh, pretty much in all grocery stores, you're, they actually have bitters where they'll have you know certain cocktail mixers that they'll sell, but they won't sell the actual liquor. Right. And the cocktail mixers will be next to like the ginger ale, things like that, you know, and like your premium ginger ale or your ginger beer. They'll sell that in grocery stores, but they will not sell the actual liquor uh, in most of the areas, like Anne Arundel County, the county that we, you know, mostly reside in. Free State Guitar. At Free State Custom Guitars, our specialty is guitars, modifications, custom paint jobs, logo designs, repairs, and much more. You can now own the guitar you've dreamed of. Check out our signature series, Guitars Made by Musicians for Musicians. Visit us at freestateguitars.com and follow us on Twitter at FreestateGTRS. If you're ready to rock, we're ready to rock with you. Do you want me to wait? Because you're jiggling, jiggling? 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm making drinks, dude. You keep talking. Okay, all right. Well, I'll talk then. All right, so uh, Angostura bitters was first sold as medicine, and because of that, um, I, I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit about the effects on your body that these, you know, that bitters can actually have. Mm-hmm. So when a bitter substance is recognized by, uh, by the bitter receptors on the tongue, a chain of neutral and endocrine, uh, uh, endocrine events begin, uh, and this is labeled as the bitter reflex. Your gastric hormone, called gastrin, uh, starts producing, and that stimulates the digestive function. Not only that, but it starts creating saliva in your mouth, which helps you aid in digestion. So, you know, if you're, you know, you have an aperitif, something like that with a little bit of bitters in it, you know, it starts making you salivate, which I am currently doing right now because we're drinking all kinds of stuff with bitters in it. Mm -hmm. That salivating helps start breaking down the food that goes into your mouth. And then it also starts helping the gastro juices uh, in your stomach flowing. It is said that it's possible that the, the gastric juices that you have in your stomach, mm -hmm. it can actually help the gastric juices in your stomach become more, more prevalent. More uh, acetic. Yeah, because mm -hmm. uh, throughout age, time, you know, and poor nutrition, mm. you can actually not have as much gastric juice, like uh, as much of the acidic acid bile in your stomach Oh, okay. uh, as you do in your youth. Right, so you don't right, digest gotcha. it as well. Right. So, you know, having bitters starts causing all of that, you know, get your gastric juices flowing. It's right, not just right. like a, a thing you say. It really can actually help. Mm -hmm. Here, try uh, this. It's a... What did you make here, Joe? That is bitters, dry vermouth, scotch, and sweet vermouth. It's called a Belmoral. A Belmoral. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's tasty. Yeah, I actually like that. Yeah. If I have too much of that, it'll it. Wow. Okay, so I tasted it, Let and it then sit. I was done. Mm -hmm. I. Why is it called? Is it a morel? Like a yeah. mush, like the mushroom? No. Because I had, had kind of had a bit of a mushroom flavor. Val moral. Are you sure? Like not a morel? Like no, a morel mushroom? <laughs> no. B a l m o r a l. Okay. Pretty good though. So in the stomach, the hormone gastrin, uh, it stimulates the secretion of hydrochloric acid. The acidity helps break down proteins, enhances uh, the bioavailability of minerals, especially calcium, and destroys any harmful microbes present in your food. Now, one of the reasons why that happens is because the bitterness from, it, it comes from plants. The reason why plants are bitter is so that it's protection. Mammals do not eat them. It's right. a protection. Mm -hmm. uh, so the problem, the difference is, is that we have, you know, evolved to the point where we actually start enjoying stuff that is bitter, where we normally would want to stray away from it because it would indicate some sort of toxicity. Right. I'm looking at you all, you IPA fans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and now we're, you know, especially as you get older, you have a tendency to like things that are bitter more often. That's right. why well, you like... Your taste buds change. When yeah. you're a small baby child person... Sweet, uh, sweet, sweets. That's it. That's all your taste you buds just want can that handle. candy. Yeah. And as you get older, you can... Your taste buds are more complex. So, the, the, the gastrin... Uh, that hormone there, it also stimulates the secretion of pepsin. It's an enzyme necessary for breaking down large protein molecules into smaller parts. Uh, and, and it's an intrinsic factor necessary for the absorption of vitamin B12. So, you know, also low stomach acidity is associated with a variety of allergic and immune disorders, including asthma, skin disorders, eczema, or eczema. eczema. Right. Same thing. Uh -huh. Different way of saying it. Psoriasis, rosacea, those are all very hard uh, words to say when you've had a couple of cocktails. We haven't um, had that many. No, but it's it's starting. To, it always works on my tongue I know, first. I know, right? I know, yeah. I'm blah, 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 blah. It just makes, it ties my tongue. Uh, gallbladder disease and arthritis. So, you know, having, you know, a, more acidity in your stomach can actually help with some of those diseases feasibly. All right, so Angostoria is aromatic bitters. Now, it's probably the most recognizable bitters brand thanks to its bright yellow cap um, and, of course, the oversized wrapper. I never understood that. Right. Well, the story goes, <laughs> okay. okay, is that what happened was at some point in time, accidentally, 
someone ordered the wrong size label. Oh. Right? Right. Exactly. So they ordered the wrong size label. They slapped it on there and they sent it out anyway. And people liked it so much. It made it so distinctive. Uh, they, you know, basically sold out of it because because of its distinctive look. Mm-hmm. They did. They decided to keep it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that is it's why all it accidental has. Accidental then. Right. Now, it, you know, if you've never seen Angostoria bitters, the label actually goes up above the bell of the of the bottle, mm-hmm. so it sticks out like a full inch higher. And, you know, it's easily, like, rippable and everything else. And you're like, why would you do that? But, you know, <laughs> obviously, if it's going to make it help, help it sell because it sticks out in the bunch, that's definitely a reason. Mm-hmm. The aromatic bitters has flavors like cardamom, nutmeg, cinnamon. It's a key ingredient in classic cocktails. It's very versatile, and you can use it in a lot of drinks. And you can also use it in soups, salad, vegetables, and garnishes, gravies, fish, meat. Uh, fruit juices, mixed cut fruits, stews, ice cream, plum pudding, mincemeat pot. Like, you can use this for anything that you want. A super concentrated, well, this one that I'm holding now, the orange bitters. Right. Anything that you want a super concentrated flavor, a couple of dashes of this. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of the same thing as like grenadine, right? It's just like another flavoring agent, right? True, true. But and grenadine is, that's like sweet, sweet. Right. With a lot of flavor. Now, a few like tips and tricks that I've heard is uh, if you just pour, pour some tonic water over ice and then you add a few dashes of Angostoria aromatic bitters, uh-huh. it's supposed to help cure any kind of like stomach pains that you might have. But I think that if, might be because of the, uh, the tonic water. Well, it could be the tonic <laughs> water, but it also the the bitters just like I was talking about it can help get those gastric juices flowing uh get the gastrin hormone producing and help you digest whatever you're you know if you have indigestion that's another way to help you start digesting if you're actually starting to make a collection of bitters go for the aromatic bitters first and then I would say reach for the Angostoria orange bitters second because they're going to be much, much easier to find than pretty much any other bitters or making yeah. it yourself. This is the only other flavor that was put out by Angostoria was the orange bitters. It's the only other new new flavor that they came out with in their 180-year history. It has a very straightforward orange flavor, uh, and it's a classic choice. It is, uh, it's spicy with notes of cardamom, Great for strong spirits like scotch and many other bitter companies offer an orange bitter so you can have uh, fun with this one and try it with all different kinds of stuff. Well, that's good. What is that, Joe? That is a Doralto. A Doralto. Take it. Oh, that's pretty good. Nice yeah. citrusy flavor. Mm-hmm. It is bitters, lemon juice. I use your triple sec, which is basically a simple syrup. A little bit of orange in it, yeah. Right. Tequila. I use Reposado. Rarapasato. Which okay. is just an aged. Right. And some tonic water. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. I could drink that. What's it yeah. called? An El Dorado? Uh, no, it's a Doralto. Doralto. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, so, yeah, basically Angostoria is the grand uncle of all cocktail bitters. Uh, I mean, it, it's just been around forever. Now, it was made by Johan Gultieb. Benjamin Siegert. He was a German wow. doctor in the employ of Simon Bolivar during uh, the liberation of Venezuela from the Spanish Empire. Uh, Siegert was looking to provide a medicine tonic for Bolivar's troops, so he concocted a mixture of herbs that he called Amargo Amarantisio, or aromatic bitters. He first produced these bitters in a town of Angostoria, hmm. hence Angostoria bitters. It was a trading post on the Aranco River. Sailors arriving in Angostoria often suffered from seasickness and took Dr. Siegert's remedy to settle their stomachs. The nautical trade, along with forceful marketing by Siegert's sons, uh, eventually they you know, took over the company mm-hmm. and they helped cement Angostoria worldwide as the brand. Uh, and I would say that if, if there was a war between all bidders Angostoria are the people who won the war. So in 1906, the passing of the Pure Food and Drug Act in the U.S. had a huge impact on the bitters industry. Bitters were no longer sold as unregulated patented medicines. Uh, The ingredient labels had to be clear. Any words like cure were removed so that it couldn't be called like a cure, a cure-all, anything like that. 
lower alcohol limits were set in place, so they couldn't be very high alcohols. Uh, and the bitters took a, a blow, which was never fully recovered. Angostoria aromatic bitters, however, remained strong as it, uh, as it used to. It had already changed to meet uh, the, the, the time of, of their need. Hmm. So I'm getting most of this from the uh, the Angostoria site, but right, of course, one of the one of the one of the Angostoria it site itself. One of the cool things that they, one of the little notes they have on there is in 1917 was the first ever recorded cocktail party. Hmm. It was held in 1917 at Mrs. Julius S. Walsh Jr. of St. Louis, Missouri. She was reported to have 50 friends over to her mansion for a one-hour party of drinking and merriment which she termed a, a cocktail party. A variety of drinks were served. Among those, Angostoria aromatic bitters were mainstays, such as martinis, Manhattans. Uh, the idea was seen as an innovation, and Mrs. Walsh uh, even received public praise for the idea in the newspapers. So hmm. having, like, you know, a, a little cocktail party was, you know, the first time in 1917. That's kind of cool. So, of course, uh, during Prohibition in the 1920s, uh, they were able to stay afloat by just still being a, a bit of a, they couldn't necessarily put cure-all, but they were still known as, you know, uh, a bit of a, you know, helping out with your, your Pepsid content. You right. know what I mean? That kind of thing. It still considered a medicinal tonic or tincture. Right. And they got uh, around the prohibition rules and regulations for having alcohol. Right. And, you know, after the noble experiment came to an end, uh, it forged the way for an expanding range of classic cocktails. And then, of course, you know, during like the 1940s and the 1950s, uh, you had your kind of tiki renaissance with cocktails. So uh, they were used consistently throughout, you know, all kinds of tiki cocktails. So there's also a, a little little web page that I was checking out. It's just a, a blog called Cask Strength. And uh, one of the things that I thought was really cool that he was mentioning about Angostoria, the, the aromatic bitters specifically, is that, well, first off, he jokes about being, you know, it's, it's in your mom's cupboard. It's everywhere. And he's like, no, seriously, look in your mom's cupboard. It's there. It's probably there. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I just think that's really funny. But he also says that it is a, not only helps you drink a lot of water, you mm -hmm. know, during the hot summer days, you put a, a few dashes of that, you know, into some water, you know, with some ice, you can help drink it down. Sometimes like uh, it makes me a little bit nauseous to drink water when it's really hot out, especially if it's very cold water. Okay. So throwing a little bit of bitters in that can help you out. Hmm. But one of the other things that he, uh, a nice little tip, is that it helps cure the hiccups. Uh, he says 90% of the time it helps out. Basically what you do is you just take a wedge of lemon, you put two dashes of Angostoria onto the lemon, and bite down on it and suck. That's and called a Southampton. Is it? Yeah. Doing, just doing that? Yeah. But it, well, yeah, it just says, well, it says garnish with a lime. Garnish with a lime? Yeah. Yeah, just doing that, and you suck on it, and it's mm. supposed to help cure the hiccups. Yeah, apparently. So, yeah. <laughs> because as we all know, you lose all credibility when you're hiccuping during a conversation. <laughs> what? <laughs> here, try one of this. What you got here, Joe? Joe has handed me, this is like the fifth cocktail Joe has handed me. I just me. like making them. Holy smokes. I've only what had is this like one two now? or three sips of each one, but uh, this one is called the Vicious Sid. The Vicious Sid. <laughs> All right. It's, you're just trying to nancy me up. That's right. Mm. It is bitters, lemon oh, juice. God. Rum and bourbon. That is horrible, Joe. Oh, and some triple sec. And some triple... Uh, I'm sorry. That's... that's. Ooh. I don't like that one. You don't like that one? <laughs> no, that's, that is fucking vicious. That's awful. Sid. Ugh. All right, Chris, before we go on... Uh, I think I started off the show about talking about the, probably the worst martini I've ever had. Right. Now, there are no bitters in a martini. It's mm -hmm. equal parts sweet and dry vermouth with some gin. Okay. And a dirty martini is is a lot of olive juice. Yeah. And that's you don't have to even put olives in it, just a lot of olive juice. That's how I like it. Have you ever gone to a place and asked for a cocktail specifically – uh, to, I don't know, for a, a certain flavor or because it has this in it or it has that in it. Have you ever done that? 
Um, I know, you know you're not a big cocktail fan. No, so. I'm more of like a I'm more of a beer drinker myself. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, I will have a cocktail every now and again. Um, I'll do like an old fashioned every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or I I specifically really like the Jack Rose, mm. and we've yeah, talked yeah. about that during our Jack, you know, our our Apple Jack episode. Oh, great! I'm getting like burpy hiccup things going on. <laughs> He's got a drink. You have like three drinks over there. I, so. I know it's it's killing me, dude. Holy smokes, you're going to have to drive me home. I just, you better just start drinking. Yeah, but I'm not like a huge uh I'm not a, like a huge cocktail drinker specifically, uh-huh. but yeah, I've had a, quite a few, you know. Um but yeah, I I always think that like throwing a little bit of bitters in there usually definitely makes it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, interesting, a little bit better, you well, know. Well, there there is a a rise in in the use of bitters in cocktails nowadays. Right. Like, it's sort of this ebb and flow, you know, like, you know, in the early 1900s, it was super hot. And then during Prohibition, it was used to sneak alcohol. It was super not. Yeah, but people were still using it just a little snippy snip of, you know. Especially because bathtub gin tasted like shit. That's true. Right? So. And it's always been around in, in bars and stuff, but it seems like now, especially here in Baltimore, there are a ton of, I don't want to say kitschy, or or well, there's there's a lot more bitters manufacturers now, right? They're, they're, but there are bars that there are artisanal cocktail bars, right? That that they specifically make cocktails to promote certain flavors, uh, especially ones for things like the bitters. And I just think that's kind of a neat idea, and I've had several experiences at. Like you know, more recent kind of bars that that know what they're doing and and are pretty decent with the mixology stuff. Right. And I always thought it was just kind of like, oh, that's BS. You just announce this, announce that, da da da. You mix it up, and boom, you're done. Yeah, but it's but it's there's very, a, there's a whole art to it. There is, and it's very much like uh, kind of like what we were talking about, uh, shrubs and switchels, right? Yes. So when we did our shrubs and switchels episode, there's a lot of people that are making their own flavors. They're, you know, bartenders that are, you know, mixologists, right. if you will, that are making their own, you know, bitters behind the bar. They're making their own shrubs. They're making their own switchels behind the bar mm-hmm. and mixing cocktails with those. Yeah. So, you know, so you have like a like a house type of cocktail, you mm-hmm. know, that, that could, you know, that they can change every day or, you yeah, know, yeah. they have it for a week or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think that's really cool. You know, some people might think it's hipsterish. You know what I mean, but but, yeah, but I, it's just it's an extension of the I don't know the the, the farm to tables the in everything's done in house. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it it makes bar restaurant whatever more I don't know self reliant, self sufficient, and you can do whatever the hell you want too. Right? You yeah, know, you can I, change I, up the menu every other day. I really enjoy it. I, I very much like it. I I like that whole you know like you're talking about the whole farm to table thing. I I, I mm-hmm. like it because. All the food is freaking good. Yes. All the cocktails are usually good. Yes. And if you get a good mixologist, if you get a good bartender, mm. and they can make a good drink, you, you know, you can tell, you know, and it's not just some jerk that just... Used like a mix, like a prepackaged yeah, mix that, drink that, stuff. Like that, like, what is it, the margarita mix that's mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. usually has fruit flies in it and shit. <laughs> that, that stuff is just freaking awful. Yeah, it's you terrible. Know? I, I mean, one of my favorite bars that I go to... It, uh, it, I always, whenever I'm in, up in Ocean City, there's a little bar. It's called the Bearded Clam. Okay, and I've, I know, right? Yeah. But I've taken you up there a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, whenever yeah. we go up there, I always try to stop by the Bearded Clam whenever I'm in Ocean City vacationing, mm-hmm. because the cocktails that they make, they they don't just make it with that crap behind the bar where they pour it and it has the little 45 degree angle little, you know, pour spout pour thing. spout into yeah. it that flies or just flying around hoping to get a taste of Mm -hmm. because it's all, you know, high fructose corn syrup. Mm -hmm. They actually take real oranges, real lemons, real limes, and they put them in a squeezer and they make real cocktails there. Yeah. So, and every single time they're absolutely delicious. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you, I I am, I'm not the hugest whiskey fan, you know, so a lot of the time I'll get like a rum sour Mm -hmm. or something like that. These are really good too. Yeah. Yeah. And so they'll make me a rum sour with, you know, the, their, their homemade sour mix that they make right there. They squeeze lemons, they squeeze limes Mm -hmm. right on into it and they make you a sour mix. 
And it's absolutely delicious. It's the fact that they put that extra, you know, that they, you know, they get those from whoever they get them from, whatever grocer they get them from, mm-hmm. and they make it right there in front of you. And it's, yeah. it's, it's the best. It's absolutely the best. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just a proponent for, for this sort of explosion of new flavors and ideas when it comes to, you know, just food and, and drinks in general. I just think it's a neat time that we live in. Well, I, I think that's what cocktails originally were, right? Yeah, yeah It was definitely. like, you know, good, fresh ingredients that, you know what I mean? You had, you know, with, with your nice, your boozy, distilled, you know, <laughs> alcohols, right. and, and, you know, and you mix it with those flavors, and uh-huh. you create something. And then it yeah. just turned to this thing where, you know, everybody came became complacent in having, yeah. you know, this mixed crap behind the bar where it comes out of a, you know, a, out of a spout. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, so in 1973, a wealthy plantation owner was forced to flee the island of San Domingo. He salvaged what possessions he could. Wait, wait, you got to say it like uh, Ricardo Montalban. San Domingo. There you go. Is that better? Yeah, it's better. He moved to what was then Spanish Louisiana, the city of New Orleans. Oh, nice. Or New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, among the possessions, one uh, Creole was a recipe for compounding the liquid tonic called bitters. His name was Antoine Pichaud, and he was an apothecary. The bitters were good for what ailed a... a uh, irrespective malady and gave a zest of potions of cognac brandy and he served them to friends uh, and others who came to his pharmacy. And of course, Pashad's bitters today are produced according to the original recipe of at the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Now, here is the problem. Ourselves could not get Pashad's bitters. We went to a few different bars and places. Uh, bars. We went to a few different places earlier today to try and find some Peshods, Peshods, bitters. We could not find it. However, at uh, our one of our local little wine shops up the road, I got some bitters from a place called The Bitter Truth, and they have something called Creole bitters. Now, the Creole bitters is supposed to be their take on the Peshods bitters. So uh, Joe is uh, mixing up a certain type of Sazerac here with uh, our absinthe. He's going to throw uh, some bourbon into it. Now, we we didn't have any rye whiskey, uh, so we're going to actually use bullet bourbon, and we're going to use the uh, Creole bitters from The Bitter Truth and see how that turns out. The Peshad's bitters is a quintessential ingredient for the famous Sazerac cocktail. He created at the beginning of the 19th century. It's bright red and lighter than Angostoria. The base of it is gentine root. A lot of people say it has, you know, a lot of like kind of nutty flavors introduced to it. Now, we know that this is not Peshads. We're using a different kind. But just like we said, there are a lot of companies now that are coming up with their own kind of bitters. And this is their take on the Creole bitter, right? So I think that should be fairly reasonable. All right, so Joe has now handed me uh, his version of a Sazerac <laughs> from whatever we could actually put together here in uh, Curioso Studio. Mm-hmm. Mm. See, now, what am I getting there? This is definitely from the bitters, right? No, that's from the anise. That's that's all oh, yeah, from the I get, absinthe. An, yeah, anise. And I right? only used a little drop and swizzle it around in the cup, so. Woo! But it tastes good. It does really taste good. Yeah. It's uh, it's just got a, like, from, from the bullet bourbon? Mm-hmm. It's just always with bourbon, man. It always know, just gets me. Like, I know, me too. Ooh, really, yeah. really makes my mouth water so, a lot. <gasps> yeah. yeah. So, no, that's really good. But, but it you is know, tasty. I think the um, the Creole bitter, I kind of want to just, can I just drip a little bit of the bitters on my tongue? Yeah. And see how it works? I want to see, I want to taste the Creole bitters because. All, all by itself. Right. You know, mm-hmm. just to just to pick out that flavor. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting like nuttiness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting like, okay. Walnuts, black walnuts. Okay. Right? Have you ever had like a black walnut tree? You ever been around one? No. Regular walnuts. Well, like a uh, black walnuts are really big around uh, Maryland. We have them all over the place. They're just okay. they're just walnuts. They 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 turn your hands black if you really mess around with them too much. Uh-huh. They just look like big balls on the it, outside. No, you mean the husk? The husk. Right. Right. But if you rub the outside of them, they have this like certain 
smell mm -hmm. that I cannot explain. It's just this like and earthy woodiness. You hold, you hold on to those. <laughs> you I, have yeah. like I'm in your car. <laughs> yeah, I hold on to them because I love the smell of them until, right. they, until they completely dry out and then right. the smell kind of goes away. But I just love like the smell of those. I'll literally mm -hmm. hold one and keep it in my pocket and just kind of sniff it every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, it's that like perictor, vegetal, yeah, sort of right. earthy. That, that earthy like umami. spring rain yeah. kind of thing, you know? And this, this Creole bitter... Mm -hmm. is def definitely has that good you know i wow i really like that, that a lot good stuff yeah absolutely so joe i really um i think we should make one with my personal blood orange bitters that i made now sammy my son loves blood oranges every year they come around and whenever they do he just goes crazy for blood oranges because I think it has the fact that it has blood in the title, you know what I mean? He loves oranges anyway, and the fact that they're this, like, blood red orange that he really goes kind of crazy for them. It's just very, like, the outside skin is a very deep, deep orange, almost reddish. And, uh, and the inside, of course, is, you know, almost purple-like. And he, he definitely loves, like, those kind of flavors. Now, what I did to make these blood orange bitters is I wound up taking a whole bunch of... Uh, I, I had made a pumpkin spice beer last year, okay? I do it every single year. But uh, I took some of the flavors from the pumpkin spice. I took some of the cinnamon. I took some clove. I took allspice, nutmeg, clove. I had some coriander seed, so I took coriander seed, which coriander actually, instead of being like really a spice flavor, is a little bit more of like a, you know, kind of a lemony kind of flavor, like a citrus kind of flavor, which is weird because coriander is actually the seed for cilantro. cilantro. Yeah, coriander is the seed for cilantro. And then, of course, I took the outside of the blood oranges. I zested them and I put them all in grain alcohol and I let them sit for several weeks to try and suck all the flavors out of that. So before we started the podcast, and Joe might actually edit this in somewhere, I don't know, but uh, I made him drop a, you know, just a little drop from my, my, my eyedropper bottle onto his tongue before he, before we started so he could taste it. And, uh, and basically he, you know, it makes your lips numb. Like, I, I'm not sure whether it's the alcohol, but I think it has a lot to do with, like, the clove. You know what I mean? They can have some numbing effects. So I made him drip that onto his tongue, and he was like, <laughs> So, Chris, I just whistled you up something called a Maurice. So this is a, a Maurice? A Maurice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and this is actually with... My own, mm -hmm. my own bitters there. Uh, and the reason I picked it is because it's sweet and dry vermouth with gin, orange, and bitters. And right. because your bitters are an orange-based bitter, right. I thought it'd be perfect for it. Yeah, this is like, like the, the bitters that I came out with is very, like, Christmassy. Yes. Right? Wouldn't yeah. you say, like, it's that, like, have you ever taken cloves? Like, some people take, they'll take an orange. And oh, and they stick cloves in it? Stick cloves in it, and they'll hang it up. At, at Christmas time, mm -hmm. to me that was kind of like the the inspiration, the inspiration for that that you know that cocktail that I was trying to make. Okay, you know, so that's why I made the bitters, and uh, we'll try the Maurice and yeah, see uh, if this is my my new drink. You got a, a half of an orange squeezed in there too. It's, so. I mean, it, yeah, which I love that. I've already mentioned the bearded clam mm -hmm. that that makes with the oranges. Mm -hmm. All right, let's uh, let's give it a try. Woo! That's a uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Woo! No, I think um, I think there's, my there's my, always tonic and club soda if you need to cut yeah, it down to, a bit. To cut it a little bit. No, yeah. I, I think it's really good. It's just the uh, initial like uh, like those bitters are strong. Oh yes, they are. They're very strong with that that bitter orange peel flavor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the, the like the natural oils when you bite into an orange and right. you you miss. You know, and you get a chunk of orange peel in your mouth. A like, little bit of oh, pith or whatever it is. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you know that flavor. Right. So, yeah. all right. So, um, just the fact that I keep on saying orange. Uh, there's this guy. Orange. There's this uh, friend. of So, my wife's brother, James, has a friend named Chris Conley. <laughs> Chris, and you've, you've met Chris. We've gone to yep, a yep. few of his parties where he has ugly Christmas sweater parties and everything mm -hmm. else. So we went to one of his ugly Christmas sweater parties, and we just got hammered to the point where he uh, started calling me. And I do not know uh, the, I do not know where this came from, 
but he started calling me Dr. Cumberbun. Uh, and in turn, I started calling him Nurse Cufflinks, and we were going around playing doctor uh, oh, oh, at the party. Oh, but oh. Um, together. So I had already mentioned doctor together. I, <laughs> no, no, just on other people. Oh, uh, okay. So I had already mentioned your 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 potable yes uh, bitters mm. and your non potable bitters. Right. Your non potable bitters being your Angostoria and whatnot. your actual right. Just you know your your concentrated bitters. Exactly. Your right. potable bitters would be you know like we had talked about absinthe, but one of those is called Campari. Mm-hmm. Campari is a very very bitter and a little bit sweet. Mm-hmm. Alcohol, um, your 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 potable bitters. You have a tendency to put a little bit more of that into a drink. So you know you have Campari, and you say make that a quarter of your cocktail, or a shot of that goes in right. as opposed to a dash. Oh. Um, but he has this bottle of Campari, and as a joke, sometimes he'll give someone a shot of it. <laughs> which they make this awful bitter face and almost vomit. Yeah. So, of course, you know, as it's, he's doing this to everybody throughout the night, so I line up a set of shots, mm. and uh, and I was like, don't look at it, just put it down. Uh, someone had brought pickles. Sweet. No, not sweet. They were dill. But, oh, okay. you know, either way, <laughs> uh, I had mixed pickle juice and Campari, and I took the shot with him, which was the dumbest thing that I could do. I should have just made the shot the same color. But I was like, screw it. <laughs> I was so drunk at the time, and we both are taking, like, shots of Campari and pickle juice that sounds, together. Well, remove the Campari. I'll just do shots of pickle juice. Pickle ju- yeah. yeah, no. I'm it fine was, with that. It was literally the grossest thing I have ever done in my entire life. That sounds uh, horrible. But it was all in uh, It was all in the face of fun. <laughs> uh, just on, like, a final note, one thing mm-hmm. that I totally forgot to mention was also essences. Essences okay. are very much like tinctures, but they are have a tendency to be, be uh, more aromatic. They are what you think of as extracts. Okay. So you know how you have like almond extract, or oh, yes, 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 or you have vanilla uh, extract. Vanilla extract. Right. Those are all what you would call essences. Hmm. So uh, I also want to say like bitters and tinctures and things like that mm-hmm. are a lot of the time that's how people flavor home brews. So mm, I yeah. specifically, one of the things that I like to do is I take all my spices, I grind them up in mortar and pestle. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I put those all into some, you know, high grain alcohol and I let them sit and I let all those flavors leach mm-hmm. from it. And then eventually I wind up straining it through, you know, a, a sieve or a colander, right? Well, more like a sieve just to get all the little pieces out. Particulates. Right, yeah. all the particulates and stuff. And then when I am done with the beer, I'm ready to bottle it. At that point, I'm mixing in those flavors mm-hmm. so that I can make sure that I put in how much I think goes in. Oh, like to taste. To taste. Gotcha. Right. Okay, so cool. if you're, say, making like a pumpkin spice beer, uh-huh. right, you take all your pumpkin spices, you grind them up, you put them in that tincture, or really it would be like a big batch of bitters that you're making. Okay. So you can dose to whatever flavor you like. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you can either dose each bottle or the big bottling bucket, mm-hmm. pour it in there, you know, and you can pour in like half of it, taste it and go, no, it leads a little more, pour right, another quarter right. of the, of your glass in, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep mine in a mason jar. That's just another way of doing it. So I'm just saying if you're a home brewer out there, you know, and you're making something like a spiced, you know, Christmas kind of beer, like you know a spiced what I mean? ham beer, a spiced ham beer, you know what I mean? <clears throat> I mean, we have a spiced uh, scrapple vodka that we tried exactly. earlier tonight, you yeah. know. So, you know, it's just another way of doing it. So, I, I would say, if you're if you're out there, if you're kind of just a you know a, a beer drinker, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Try a cocktail every once in a while. Well, and there, I've going through this list, there are a few uses for bitters and beers. Mm-hmm. There's one called the mother-in-law, which oh. is bitters and your favorite stout. Okay, I could do that. Yeah, because bartenders love that when you walk up and you're like, hey, can I get a mother-in-law? And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? And you're like, oh, well, it's a stout with a couple dashes of bitters in it. <laughs> yeah, just I find when you have to explain what the drink is to the bartender, that they have a tendency to be like, <laughs> they, they don't like wrong, it. Wrong bar, go away. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's one called Loft, a Better Mule. It's bitters, ginger beer, lemon juice, loft, spicy ginger liqueur, and vodka. 
Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Anything with ginger beer in it, I, I'm, I'm pretty kinda, much a go for, yeah, right? Yeah, me too. Me too. Especially if you're having like a tummy ache and you're like, oh, I, I really want to drink. A Moscow but mule. I've, yeah, but I've eaten too much food. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I just want to say like uh, a lot of the bitters renaissance has been attributed to by, uh, by author Gary Regan. In 2005, he introduced his Regan's Orange Bitters number six. He, el- he helped reintroduce a long gone style of cocktail bitters. And it's been, you know, joined in the market recently by all kinds of bitter companies. A.B. Smelby, Brooklyn Hemispherical, The Bitter End, Bitterman's, Scrappies, Urban Moonshine, The Bitter Truth. They're all different little upstarts. And, and there's another one that's been produced since the 1950s called Fee Brothers. So there's different bitters out there for you to try besides just the ones that we talked about. Your, your Angostoria, your Peshads. You know, and what is the one that we had here? Uh, bitter Truth? Yes. You know, we had two different kinds of Bitter Truth. So, you know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Give it a shot. Give it a try. You know, go home, make yourself a cocktail, mm. throw some bitters in it, and enjoy. Yeah. Don't be bitter about it. Don't be bitter, Joe. Especially <laughs> not at... <laughs> not after, like, how many how many cocktails have we had so far? Yeah, I've had a few. Co- I've had a few. Co- a bit. Come have a stiff cocktail. Tail with me. <laughs> like that little pause there. <laughs> Don't be bitter about it. Don't be bitter about it at the election either. You, okay, so you are bitter about <laughs> I it. I am a little Is that what that is? That's okay. You know what? Uh, it's all about America, and we are going to go forward. I'm just saying, you predicted it in last episode. I so really did. I really it's did. It's all your fault. It is not my fault. It is not. <laughs> So, but either way, thank you, Curiosos. Thank you so much. Thank you so much from Amanda. Uh, to, thank you to Amanda mm-hmm. from Salem uh, or in Salem, even though she's originally from around here. Oh, geez, I'm messing this Let's all say up. Say in Salem. In Salem. Yeah. Thank you very much, Amanda in Salem, for mm-hmm. asking for the bitters episode. Uh, Curiosos, if you have a episode that you want to do, uh, we have a full year, a new year coming up that we don't have anything written down for. We have no right. clue what we're doing past January. <clears throat> so uh, so write us in. Let us know. Send us an email, uh, uh, you know, a smoke signal. Call us at our phone number. Leave us a message. Call us at 1-443-327-9673. That spells hide a sword mm-hmm. on your touchtone phone. <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, and, and let us know. Just you know, what you want us to talk about. Right. Leave a message and we'll put it in the episode. Right. You know, at, at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. so everybody can hear your little voice. Your dulcet tones. Yeah. <laughs> so, Curiosos, thank you so much for sticking by us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being awesome. And, uh, and um, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at... Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash thecurioso podcast. Check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash curioso podcast. On the left-hand side of thecurioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. Should I should you cut that? We'll talk about it later. No, we can talk about it later. I'm getting a little tipsy. Already? Yeah, just a little bit, man. Have you tasted it? Not in a while. It makes your fucking tongue numb. What did you use? I used everything. You used everything. What it, does it's that mean? mainly like most of like the pumpkin pie spices, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I used, you used all like the cinnamons and stuff. It's uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I hope you're recording this. <laughs> it's pretty serious, huh? That's, yeah. Wow. Right. Is that... That's it's made to be concentrated. Well, it's a yeah, concentrated bitters. Yeah, but... Right. Well...
<laughs> it's, it's okay. So That's super like, like uh, it, it has that same effect if you have too much hot cinnamon in your mouth. Right. Like, so, bleh, bleh, bleh. so it mostly has like most of the, like the pumpkin pie spices in it. Okay. It, Which um, is a lot of cinnamon. Right. Anise. Um, it's clove. got, it's got clove, it's got nutmeg, it's allspice, got probably. allspice, but it also has orange peel. Okay. Which well, I that's, used. That's the heaviest flavor I get. Is right. Orange I peel. used blood oranges mm-hmm. and I, so, you know, orange, orange peel. Right. Uh, from the blood oranges. Uh, we had a whole bunch of blood oranges and mm. I peeled them all. I peeled all the outsides of it and I put them all into grain alcohol. Mm-hmm. So. Do you, I feel like we're getting into it, but should we be getting into it? No, no, no. Take your time. Oh, it tastes like ball sweat. <laughs> That's a gin swizzle. That is flipping nasty. What gin did you use? The only gin available. My oh, my grandpappy's old gin. Yeah, it's probably because it's is an extra dry vermouth. I didn't. Right. I, I like the extra dry, so that's yeah. probably where you get that. That seriously, Joe. That tastes like. That like, tastes like, like sweaty balls. Uh, that tastes like a, a, an old sock. <laughs> an old sock. That is full of balls. That is horrible. That is pretty bad. A gin swizzle. Yeah. Oh, you could swizzle that right down the drain, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, maybe there's just not enough lime juice. I don't, oh, I don't know. Good God. Is that what you want me to do? Yeah. <clears throat> Hello. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joe. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joe, Joe, Joe. Hi, Chris.